I have been looking forward to this day. I'm so happy to have you here. And can I call you Pavel? We're going to get into your other name, but can I call you Pavel? Absolutely. Go ahead. <laughs> Perfect. I think you're the first Pavel I've ever known. And so for some reason, I wanted to speak that name out loud. And I'm so happy to finally meet you because I remember at last year's Modern Nirvana conference, Luke and I gave a talk there, and then I saw you were kind of wrapping it up with your DJ set, and I only saw you in passing, but today is our first official meeting, so it's great to meet you. Yes, nice to meet you as well, and thank you so much for all that you do. Oh, thank you for saying that, and I received that, and likewise, yeah, when I was diving into learning more about you, I was really excited to have this chat and I might want to begin in potentially a spot that might be like, oh, why are we starting there? But for you and from what I'm gathering with what your mission is, to me, it felt like the perfect place, especially with storytelling medicine on Ceremony Circle, to start with your call to Thailand and immersing in total darkness and all of the light and clarity that those journeys brought to you because i really love how you dial into finding harmony and duality so i was like ah going with the darkness retreats felt like the perfect place so if you could just take us on a voyage how you landed there and what that time was like the once upon a time there was a boy from czech <laughs> And uh, essentially, since young age, you know, I've always been uh, intrigued and inspired by all of spiritual, all of sentient beings and questioning, is this it, you know, where we're living and, and what we're being taught and how we're being packaged. And because of this constant inner whisper, I got on this journey through self-transformation. And how I even got to know about Darkroom, I'll start there. I believe I was 17 or 18 years old, and I went into a four-day workshop with uh, Dramvalo Melchizedek about opening uh, illuminated heart. It was this like set of tools, you know, from psychic tools to meditation, breath work, where we're coming from. You know, it was like a whole thing on accessing our highest potential through uh, Merkaba. And essentially, one of those days, he was talking about the power of darkness and also the power of other sources of energy that we can pull from to be alive. So this little dark room that is made by Jas Muhin, who has been my mentor for the past decade, basically, she is a breatharian. And for the past 25 years, she hasn't eaten any physical food. And I mean, at first, you know, the, the normal analytical mind is like, what the, this is, you know, impossible. How is that possible? What is this? And that actually wasn't my motivating factor why I wanted to do it. For me, I heard the call, you know, that, that inner nudge that like, there, this is something you got to do. And back then I didn't have a, a full, like a working visa yet in America. So I couldn't leave America for like another four or five years. And then it was sold out every year. So finally, about seven years ago, I got to be cleared to go in there. And I walked in there as a busy entrepreneur. I used to open Orange Theory fitness locations all over the country. And I just was burned out. I was depressed. I wanted peace. And so I gave my cell phone away to this little bucket that she asks for everyone. I walked into the darkness and it's about 20, 25 people in Thailand without any food, you know, just water. Within the first, let's say three, four days, it was hard. You know, the monkey brain was just like going and going and going. And how I kind of occupied the mind, I went back in time and every like seven years I could remember, I would just keep on going back and back and backwards. And then I just start thinking about what have I done right? What felt good? What didn't feel right? what needs to be changed. And for the first time in my life, I had a time to completely unhook from everything and everyone to be able to hear uh, what my true alignment actually is. And then basically after the first four days, then it was the next three or four days when all the lights start coming in. And so she explains this as our pineal gland clears out. And this is when we just start, you know, you literally see orbs and lights and it's like a light show within a complete darkness. 
And just to let the soul fam joining us, you know, um, to double clarify, you're speaking to the inner light, like in your own third eye within your own soul beginning to illuminate more there's actually no physical light he's still sitting completely immersed in darkness but the inner illumination is now more alive yes yes thank you for clarifying because she literally had to teach us meditations on how to tone this down because it can get so intense that you feel like you're in front of a, a beam of light uh, like a head beams you know from from a car yeah. But then you reach about the day seven and then the last three days of this retreat, that's really when all of the stuff comes in because you finally just surrender. And for me, it was day seven where I just lost it. I start crying and crying and purging and, and I went into this most beautiful state of bliss. And for the first time in my life, I touch myself for who I am, not for who I am not. And basically in this moment, I created the Noah Aeon. It actually came from this darkness retreat. And um, I rediscovered what my passion and purpose and legacy is. And essentially when I walked out of that dark room, I start selling everything, orange theories, this, that. And I, I wanted to completely change my life 360 to move into service. And basically the guidance was I've been doing all of these things for the past, you know, however many years. And, and as a busy entrepreneurs, I committed myself that every three months, I'm going to expose myself to something that's going to push my limits of comfort. And it completely made me change everything. And uh, back then, you know, I've always loved music. And so my passion became learn how to produce music and how to DJ. And that's kind of what you've seen is we reharmonize all tracks into solfeggio frequency on a modern beat. And then my purpose became workshops, retreats, and, and lectures to be able to bring these tools in a simplified form to people. And legacy was, how do I make means with being in the spiritual world of our lives? And so long story short, it was the most transformative experience of my life. Oh, it's incredible. And I have so much that I actually want to unpack. And I have so many more questions for you within all of this, some of them more trivial and others more esoteric. So let's see, the first curiosity I had, something that's been very present for me, I have just been so enveloped in such deep gratitude for my clear connection to spirit being able to hear God's messages and directives for me. And I think to myself, oh my gosh, you know, when people might reflect to me, wow, you seem to evolve with so much grace. It's like, it's God's grace. And I'm able to evolve with grace because I'm told and directed as to what to do. So even if it's something really challenging, or even if I'm being led to making the most difficult decision of my life, the grace that it affords me is it's because I know I'm exactly where God is telling me to be. So even though it's an impossible, quote unquote, impossible choice or impossible decision, I know what I have to do because spirit is telling me what I have to do. So I guess my question for you is in this first, because I know that you have since done three additional 10-day immersives in total darkness, but in this first major awakening revelatory one where you went into the dark room, one version of Pavel and being this entrepreneur in the gym space, and then you're exiting out selling all your gyms, was it easy for you to do because of what I just described? It was like spirit's directive, so it gave you the grace to do it, or did you hit up against a lot of resistance and questioning yourself? Yes, so this was the part one that was the nice butterflies, right? And the roses and how you know it all happened. But the reality is, no, I basically walked out of there and I decided to be in service and every single thing in my life completely when on fire because that fire needed to be burned of all of the old part of me that were not aligned with this. And so it took me about another two to three years before I lost everything. I have made millions of dollars prior to that. And I literally woke up one day with all of my accounts frozen and all of the accounts below zero because I went from 
Aeon to Noah. And this is, by the way, where, where this came from. I went from one duality state to another. And this is actually such an important conversation, in, in especially in the spiritual community. I, I just spoke about this at the Solo Punk this weekend, because so many people in our community, they don't feel worthy of abundance, don't feel worthy of money. And, and I was one of them. I literally was like this money person, right? This entrepreneur that like had it figured out when it comes to this societal norm. But then when I moved into this realms, everything was stripped away in as I knew it. And so I got divorced. I divorced pretty much all of the business partnerships. For some people, I, I went totally crazy, right? Because of this other realms. And then it took me about another two, three years after I quit alcohol, after I quit all of the toxins and poisons and completely like integrated into the person that I am today, that it actually, you know, went away. But I had to face basically all of my shadows, all of the negative mind, negative emotions, negative relationships. It all came at one time and it was the most intense and, and hard part of my life. But I had to do it because on the one side, right, I was teaching this during the day, like I was being the Noah. But then on the other side, I had this, this Aeon, this shadow side of me that still liked to drink and wasn't doing everything ethically and wasn't fully aligned into the harmony that, that place in the center, which symbolizes, you know, our logo. And basically what I mean by the center coming back into the health, happiness, harmony that we all came here to be. But until that luggage or until we unpack all of this burden in our space, we have to clean it up. And so essentially, yeah, long story short, this is what, what happened after. <laughs> yeah. And so because I know so many of our listeners are traversing similar thresholds, rites of passage, initiations, whatever we want to call them, all of those at one time, how were you? able though to hold that line because you said for yourself you were very aware that there are some people in your life who thought you had gone batshit crazy so you're hitting up against that and at times even though we might feel clear when we're aware that others are having that perception sometimes it is healthy to question that ourselves well are could they be right am i going batshit crazy so that's just one piece but then your survival your your livelihood your ability to live on planet earth in some capacities got stripped away with going to zero dollars how were you through those different fires able to hold that line and keep walking forward and not reverting back? Like, how did you do that? Yeah. So I've hit some of the lowest times in my life and I'll give you an example. So I would be still touring and going from workshop to workshop or DJ gig to another gig. And it, it got so bad that because we were so below zero, anything I would be making from these workshops, it would go towards the depth and it wouldn't even make it above the depth. So there were times I was fasting for a few days in a row, just so my kids have enough food. What saved me was trust, trust in divinity, trust in surrender and breath. And truly breath is what we're born with and breath is what we die with. But what we do in between the first breath and last breath is what determines the quality and awareness of every moment of our life. And so I use this simple tool every time something was on fire, every time something was just going after me, I would come back into a slow, subtle, rhythmical breath. I would relax my body as much as possible. I would move into a body's awareness and I would pay attention to the stillness and silence beneath the noise, beneath the sound. And this helped me basically come back into a driver's seat. So instead of me reacting to any of the situations that are in front of us, I was being at my essence. And it's easy to say now, by the way, I mean, there were definitely times that like I was losing it. Let me be, be honest as well. But it was the biggest teacher. And I knew if I can survive this and if I can feel worthy of making means with being in service, if I feel worthy of I can have relationships that are here of my greatest good, this can pass. And what happened in this process, I also found the love of my life. I put my full focus into Noah Aeon, into this, 
because I would just take consulting and I would just keep on helping other companies and other people. And I was constantly pleasing others in the old ways of being. And so even every single aspect of this had to be shaved off. And I've actually created a very simple framework we can discuss later as to kind of like, how can you take this journey through self-transformation into your hands? And then how can we unite? Because the most important part is, and this is why I I travel, you know, 150 days out of the year uh, across the world to basically bring people together, bring people into a group coherence and help this quantum leap to lead into the most beautiful reflection of one another, which is happening through all of these communities all over the world. Yeah, and I'm grateful that you have answered the call to do that because as you and I both know, and I'm sure many people joining us know, when yeah, when you are in these processes and past versions of you and old paradigms of your life are crumbling or burning down, it can feel incredibly tumultuous. It can feel scary. It really brings everything up to the surface. So yeah, being in a coherent heart-centered field and the work that you provide for others is really a huge service. And I still have a couple of questions though with this dark room because I have not done this work yet and I'm really fascinated by it. And I know there's different places that offer it now, but with where you go in Thailand, are all 20 of you, is it like one big shared room or do you all have your own private rooms? Can you give a few more like details of what this looks like? Yeah. So it's basically at the Tao Retreat Center from Mastak Chia, who does his own darkroom retreats, but he does it with food. It's a very different approach. It's more of the masculine approach. Jas Mohin, I, I love her because of her feminine approach to things. And part of this, this journey, by the way, was I used to think that I can only through gutter, through pain, through situations that like, if I don't hurt and if it's not systematic and hard and strong, it's not doing anything for me. And what I've learned through her work is no, like we can learn through love and we can learn through dance and joy and, 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 and the feminine ways of, of that. And so that's how she sets it up. Now, inside of this little temple, so it's completely darkened out and there's a little area for meditation in the center. And then there are rooms around the center where people have their beds and showers. You know, it's quite old. I mean, it's definitely not comfortable on on any level. Uh, I always say the worst part is the bed because the bed is from like 1960s and your back pain is so bad by day five that you're like barely walking. (laughs) I'll tell you this about the fun part. So the one thing that we are allowed to have is one of these old Apple squares, you know, that they don't produce any light. You put a little sticker on it and you can use music while you are in darkroom. So I would sometimes just turn up and dance for two, three hour sets. And that's what would make me have all of these insight would be through through dancing. <laughs> I love the part I read your blog post on one of your experiences, how and I hadn't even thought about this, how at some point you don't you can't it tripped me out when when I read this. You can't differentiate if you're sleeping or not because it's dark. So you start to question like, am I awake? Am I asleep? Am I dreaming? Am I dreaming awake? Like it has to get really trippy in there sometimes. Oh my gosh. So every time I go in there, it it's actually gotten easier and easier. And the now it's almost like a refinement. Like, because once yeah. you set yourself on a path, like you discussed, right? Like you're going on a path and maybe there's just minor things that you're not seeing because we're too busy, right? To like hear or to see or to feel. And so what happens now is first of all, like you don't really feel the hunger as much at all. And the first time I went, I remember I saw lamb chops like hanging everywhere. The most painful body was the emotional body. It's not the physical body that has the issues to not eat. It's literally the mental and emotional that is just like (laughs) making you see really messy things. (laughs) And sometimes you see also like dark stuff. Like I've seen like death, blood, like it can also get really almost like an ayahuasca in a way. Mm. You know, it kind of brings up all of those things in its own time frame. 
Yeah, it's pretty incredible. And so do you feel a current call or do you just wait? Like, do you anticipate that that journey going there? I think you've done four different times so far. Do you foresee doing more? And I know you said the woman who facilitates has been one of your guides for about 10 years. Do you also dabble in breatharian or is that, you know, where, where are you at with those two specific calls? So maybe let's talk about what that is. So number one thing that people have to kind of change their mindset about is that you are not fasting. If you're fasting in there, you're losing weight. And so the way she teaches us this is that we do a prana testing through muscle testing or through variety of different ways. And essentially, maybe you go in there and you start 20% you're nourished by prana, your inner source, 80% you're nourished by the physical density. Now, when we live in a dense world of stress and anxieties and meetings and places to be in, we are sometimes, you know, needing much more of the physical food in these times because we're not taking the same time to nourish our spiritual side. Now, it's all about matching frequency. And so if we look at it from like the brainwave perspective, in our world, we're overly high beta, that anxious, overthinking, analyzing mind. And what happens when you close your eyes and you just follow your breath, you're one step to alpha. But what happens even deeper in darkroom, you're kind of dancing around between theta and even gamma, which is kind of that awake state uh, when you're still presently aware, but at the same time, you're getting these massive insights. And so Mm. when we slow down the breath, when we match the frequencies with these realms, and you can do it right now, whatever you are, if you just literally... Focus on your subtle breath. You relax into your body. Pay attention into this little slow, subtle pulsation. There's this little pulse inside of every single one of us. And it's not the heartbeat. It's this like ocean wave that's just simply washing through every single cell. Now, this pulse This is that prana. This is your inner source, source vibration, energy, higher self, whatever you call this. This is what gives you life and keeps you alive. That essence that comes back to the oneness when we die. And so this essence is literally just waiting for us to, I am here. Can you please use me? Right? Because we're so bonded to the physical realms. And so The first time I went in there, something most, the craziest thing happened to me. It took me two weeks before I began to be hungry after I was off the food for 10 days. And I was like, what the hell is this? This is crazy. Like I am not physically hungry and I feel more energized than I've ever been. And I'm not losing weight. So inside of the darkness, as you progress in the days, you maybe go from 80, 20 to 50, 50 right? 50-50 means that 50% you're using your source, your prana as your energy source, but you're still fasting and you're still losing weight. And so I can tell you the first three dark rooms, I've always lost more weight than when I came in there, which means I was in and out, right? It was kind of not fully integrated. This last dark room, this past March, I went in there. It was profound. I took pictures before and after And I share these pictures with people without telling them which one is before and after. And every single person thinks that the one before was my after. And literally, I gain weight. And so when you gain weight, that's when you got it because now it's sustainable. And now Mm. it's the 100% nourished by source. And what happened to me in life is that in order for you to keep it, you live this eight-point luscious lifestyle which helps your frequency to stay in that as much as possible. And it doesn't mean that you have to quit eating, right? Like the whole point is that you don't feel the need to eat for survival. You eat for pleasure. And when Mm. you switch that mindset around that, that yeah, maybe I want to enjoy a coffee or maybe I would love my little cookies once in a while, right? You do it for pleasure, but not for the need of the calories that it that it supports you. Mm. And so there's a huge recoding around that. There's a huge yeah. trust in that. And then there's obviously the frequency match that has to happen because it won't happen in that do, 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 do type state. 
Yeah, uh, thank you for elaborating a bit more because this is something that we haven't covered yet on Ceremony Circle. And I'm, I've always been really intrigued by it. And since you've immersed in it so much, I appreciate your share on it. Hi, Soul Fam. If you listened to episode 114 of Ceremony Circle, then you know how deeply connected to and passionate about Kana plant medicine I am. Kana is legal. It is beautiful. It's a heart opener, and it is also known as the happiest plant on the planet. And it is now available to experience in a brand called Ka a tingling, feel-good Kana supplement in both a tincture and chew form. And be sure to use code CEREMONYCIRCLE at checkout to get yourself a community discount. Kana is an empathogenic plant from South Africa that supports us in feeling the fullness of our aliveness, open-heartedness, and calm feelings around everyday stress. Ka chews and tinctures are handmade, they are safe, they are legal, they are non-addictive, and they invite a deeper connection with yourself and others. I have honestly, personally been so blessed to have been working with Kana the last few years, and I can't even put into words the love and joy and reverence it's brought into my life. So just head to ohmyka.com. That's ohmyka.com, ohmyka.com. And remember to use the code Ceremony Circle at checkout so you can get your Soul Fam discount. Now back to today's episode. Because you have traveled so much and been called into so many different immersive experiences, I would also love to hear your time with Brazilian psychics. And I, I know that you also share with other people how to activate four of your psychic senses. And I think that our audience would really love to, to be guided in that. Absolutely. It's my favorite conversation. And it's actually the most desired conversation, what I've noticed in our events. It's so funny, right? Like we really understand now, like the physical, especially in the world of biohacking, the mental, physical becoming very strong. And it's ironic. So for me, the journey through self-transformation, it started with the physical body, retuning the instrument, understanding sleep and supplements and nutrition and everything that goes into this. Then it kind of moved into the mental body, right? The thoughts that I had about myself, as well as using our mind as a software and viewing our body as a hardware. I'll get to the spiritual, don't worry. I'm just going to lay this out just so people understand that there's this me, uh, yourself, your individual consciousness that you can affect in every portion of your life that we are responsible for to basically take that into our hands. And in this journey, essentially it was physical body, then it was mental body, which led into emotional body, traumas, negative emotions, because emotions is what makes you feel real. And then it led me into the spiritual body aka connecting with the higher self and our spiritual senses. Now, for a moment, imagine yourself as a computer or as an iPhone. It's an extension of us. And just like a uh, any computer has a software and hardware, the same way the mind-body-emotion connection functions. Now, each of our bodies have to be replenished and refueled separately. And each of them bring us different cycles uh, and opportunities to re-see them so that way we can uh, lift it up higher. Now, in reality, it starts with the spiritual, right? Then it would go in through the emotional, mental, and physical. But ironically, right, we kind of do it the hard way because of where we are. Now, when I went into this psychic village, essentially, they taught me something very simple. We've got five physical senses, which can get us in trouble in a lot of times. That's the reward system. And then we have four psychic senses or spiritual gifts through which we communicate with the limitless aspect of us that is already realized. Now, everybody has them, but we're not taught how to use them because if we were taught how to use them, we would never bond to the governments and societies and everything that's happening in this world. And so again, it's for a reason. Now, if you think about yourself as a computer, computer needs to be connected to the internet to be able to download new software. 
What we're doing is we're connecting to the internet through matching these frequencies so we can upload, download the apps or thoughts, emotions that work for us. And so the way I view it is if an app does not work, we hold the app, we exit out of it and we delete it and we download a new app that will work for us. It's actually as simple as this, but yet sometimes as hard as that because we don't take the time to unhook from the world, to connect to these spiritual senses so they can guide us. So long story short, first sense is your psychic hearing, which is the inner whispers. And these are the little whispers that always have your back. This is the voice that's telling you, stop watching Netflix at night, start working out, quit drinking alcohol, get on this course, read a new book. And these whispers are very subtle at first. And that's why even for me, when I walked in there, I came in there as an, with an open heart and open mind, but not a believer, right? I mean, I was still very much in the entrepreneurial realms of existence. But what started happening when I start tuning into this voice and I start acknowledging that voice, meaning, thank you, I heard that. And then the most important part, what you going to do about that? That voice starts getting louder and louder. And what happened was then the minute you followed the voice and you would immediately take the action, it's almost like level up, level up. Like it's like the volume is going up higher. So that's your inner hearing. Then you've got your inner seeing, which is your vision or your lucid dreaming, dream state, colors. Some people are very strong. They can see colors around people and see things in in a color. And others, they just have a clear visions. They have a, let's say an idea, you know, a new business idea 12 months from now that they're seeing the vision and they're bringing it into today's world. And any game changer in this world that have ever invented anything, you know, it came from this limitless place because if we're tuned into the limited mind, It only knows what it learned from the past, projects into the future. But here's the deal. When we integrate the small self with the higher self or the the monkey brain with the source vibration, all of a sudden you use your mind as the software to just verify, help you with analytics, help you with bookings and scheduling. And it's this beautiful tool that's so valid. So inner seeing is the vision. Yeah, bringing it from the astral to earthly existence and yeah, just sharing with the fam sitting with us. I always think it's fascinating. You know, I'm I'm very much a visionary and you clearly are too. And and that's what he's describing is what visionaries do. And that's also why so many visionaries are mocked or scoffed at or called crazy or labeled certain things in the beginning because we are accessing things and and visions and information and goals that have never played a role so far, or they haven't for so many years. And so it feels so foreign to other people. That's why visionaries are often mocked in the beginning, and then people seem to adjust. (laughs) And it's foreign, right? But everybody has them. And this is what I really want to get to is that some people have maybe one or the other stronger, and that's the ones that you want to start with. Like maybe you are more of a hearer versus seer (laughs) for for the the sake of uh, saying this and maybe you are a feeler or empath and so basically Mm -hmm. the third one is when uh, you connect into your solar plexus and you extend the energy into your hands you can actually tune into other people situations and to give you an example let's say that you walk inside of a room and there was a fight in that room something doesn't feel right or you had a wrong feeling about this trip or this person. Well, that feeling was coming to protect you because what do these senses do? They always have your back. This is our birthright of being inside of this physical body that we can use these senses. By the way, if you ever want to tune into the inner hearing, it's right above your ears. And so you can meditate on this area like right here. It's almost if you imagine like a beams of light that shoot all throughout our brain or around our head, then each of them has their own channel from through which they are wired into us. And if it's your seeing, you know, that will be the the front, um, your forehead. And essentially, same thing. If you look at a, a beam that rushes through your forehead and the back of your head, people call it a third eye, right? Like the visions come from. 
the inner hearing comes from this little beam coming from the sides of our head. And your feeling comes from the solar plexus into your hands. And your knowing comes from the fontanelle down. And essentially, that's the fourth one. It's when you knew you shouldn't have gone to the party. You knew mm. the person was cheating on you. And the way you discern that is when you think you don't know, when you know you don't require to think. And so yes. it's that first, I knew that this is the right decision to go to. Yeah. I love how you're breaking this all down because I'm even thinking to recent examples. And so I'm just reminding you all, it is enough sometimes when you just feel in your body, when your body gives you that subtle whisper, that subtle nudge that a certain place or person or experience just doesn't feel right. And sometimes you don't have to know anything other than that. It's your body just telling you, this is not an alignment for you right now. So just urging you to, to trust because when we bypass those pieces of information, that's oftentimes when we run into experiencing harsher revelations that could have potentially be, been avoided. Well, and that's the thing. I was so frightened of being sick or getting into a car crash. And literally, because of my misalignments in the past, I knew the minute that I'm misaligned and I don't listen to it long enough, then I'm going to be in trouble. And that's what happens in our life when we get it so far down the line. And the easiest way is do a quick self-assessment. You know, what's your mental health like? How is your physical body? Can you sleep? Do you have energy? How are your emotions? Are you feeling love and joy? Or are you feeling a lot of guilt and jealousy and pain? What are your relationships like? Those are the best ways to reflect back to us. What is your abundance like? You know, are you making means easily, right? Because we are creators and things are meant to come easy, but we have to focus on the things that are hard first so life can become easy. And when it comes to trust, Think about it this way. When we send a mail with a postal service, we put an address in and we demand and trust that it will get there. Now, the same way it works with our spiritual gifts, we demand it just like control C or like enter, right? When we hit enter, we send it to the universe to give us the feedback and the reflection to come back to us. But what happens is if you want to create something, right? And then the minute that you have decided to create this, you doubt it or you're like, this is not for me. And I don't know if some the first few problems come in and you're immediately uh, going back to like, oh, I'm not worthy of this uh, at the baseline of that. Guess what? You're basically sending mixed signals to the most powerful tool that you have, your creation. And so demand the answers and it will come if it's for the greatest good of you and others. And that's something that also has to be refined in this whole process because, you know, now my intention is always very much the same. It's please use me as an instrument of love and light in the perfect amount needed for the greatest good of the whole in a triple benefit where it benefits me, benefits you and benefits the whole. And the reason why is win-win relationships are not good enough because a lot of win-wins come from two selves interested parties that maybe damage earth, that maybe make an impact that is not good for the whole. So triple benefit has been this huge realization for me to take it even further, take it even deeper. Yeah, I can attest to living by that exact same prayer. And I um, cannot recommend any other way, but the way that you just described. And so I'm, I'm being conscious of time. And I know we only have a few minutes left. And we typically close each episode with a guided ritual. But I have a question for you, because I really wanted to hear from you one other thing in terms of it was spiritual protection tools, just because there's just so much happening in the world. And I'm not saying this to elicit fear in anyone, but like as a seer, as a shaman, like I have seen many entities in my day, they exist. And so I think it can be really empowering as people's spiritual gifts maybe become more awakened and maybe they are also able to tune into these energy vampires or these tentacle entities and you notice that someone close to you has one or there's one of those energetics in your field 
Could you give us some tools or some ways to clear that from someone? And we can use this as the closing practice if you'd like to honor the time. Yeah, I would love that. So first thing first that I've learned through this is to protect means to fear over something or someone. So what I had to do in my personal practice is really discern what is the intention behind what I'm doing. And I'll give you a really easy example, working out. A lot of people work out to not be fat, right? Or to not gain weight. And to do that to our bodies, imagine what message we're sending, right? To this beautiful magnetizing self that we are. And so the same thing goes with protection. When we walk into a room that's filled with people or around people, or we feel these energies coming into us, it's all about holding boundary, holding your own energetic space that we doesn't need any protection because it, it filters it, anything from your field. Let's actually close our eyes for a moment. No matter where you are, I love doing this exercise. Anytime I feel iffy, anytime I don't feel at the right state of being. And first thing that I like to do is claim my energy back. So what I state either out loud or for myself, I am calling in all of my energy back from all the people, all the places, wherever I've left it. And you can imagine it either through specific people, places. You can feel it. You can know it. You can see it. This is when all of the four senses come handy. And just start feeling all of your little bubble, your sphere around your body up with this energy of yours, what belongs to you. Now, when you start feeling this filling up, let's reverse that. I am sending all of the energy back to all the people, all the places that have left it on me. And so for me, it could be as simple as, you know, yesterday I was flying. So I would even go back in time and kind of remember where I went. So I could be like from one plane to another to the morning. And I just kind of send it out there. And I also imagine it coming out of all of your areas, even at the back of you, side of you, forward of you, because a lot of times some people like to add hooks from the back where we don't see them. So sending it out from all the sides. Now, when you feel this little energy, imagine this golden light at the top of your head as if this golden sun, this creator substance energy, and just start filling up your whole body through the top of your head down to your spine and as if you were a bucket of golden light fill up your entire body with this beautiful golden light shining so bright sense all of it filling up every pore of your skin every organ and then place your palms upwards with your feet grounded to the earth and just start pushing out through your palms any negative energy in a form of black looking color, this dark color. And you can feel it pretty well. Just tune into that sensation around your palms and just start draining, almost like a drain. That golden light is draining from all of your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual body, all of that energy out. Sense it all leaving and also feel that release, feel that relaxation. And when you feel this, continue filling yourself up even with more golden light. But this time, send the golden light to your solar plexus and your solar plexus knows where to properly distribute it. So you want to refill that as your storage system. But when you feel like it's refueled, imagine this little waterfall coming in front of your solar plexus and shaping this beautiful little golden egg around your sphere, around your body. So it's that same little fuel coming through the top of your head, letting it out of your solar plexus and filling up around your body this beautiful golden egg and staying this golden egg now, whatever you walk, wherever you go from, anytime that you feel that somebody's draining your energy, when there is not a nice repercussion, 
of giving and receiving, I always go back into this beautiful vision of this golden light. And if it's even stronger, let's say that you are in front of a lot of people or you're really struggling, you can imagine these little diamond shapes around that sphere and the sharp part of the diamond is facing outward and the soft part of the diamond is inward. And again, it's not to harm anyone, it's to filter anything that is not of your highest good to refilter it back to your essence. And finally, I sometimes like to use the power of roses. I just imagine roses all around that sphere as well. Just filling yourself up with this beautiful rose, divine energy protection. We use it in every event now. We give one rose to each person to work with this divine love. And just tell yourself how much you love yourself, how much you appreciate your body, your mind, your emotions, your relationships, all of that beingness. And feel how it's strengthening through that love, through that smile. Wow. Oh. I wish this beautiful time. Oh, that was glorious and so needed. Thank you, Pavel. And I have a feeling a lot of folks are going to want to explore your offerings. I know you have so many. You're a very multidimensional of service guy. So if you can let everyone know where to find you. And then I'm curious, where are you based? I know you travel all the time, but where are you living? So we were the last two months in, in Hawaii. We were delivering our baby girl there with uh, dolphins. So we had this magical. Hold uh, <laughs> up. We're going to have to re-record episode, another episode on that because I've been curious. Luke and I are on our own, starting our own family journey and delivering with dolphins is, I'm. you did it. <laughs> so, we, well, it actually didn't work out exactly with them, but what worked out really well was that we swam with them all leading up to it. And, yeah. and about a few days before, we were surrounded by a whole family, literally 50 dolphins swimming around us, around the belly and just receiving all of their sounds, their codes. It was a under four hour active labor. She came into water. We were basically humming for the entire time, completely synchronized with my partner using the breath, using the sounds. And it was the most magical experience. And I got to deliver the baby, <laughs> which was crazy. Our midwife was there to support us if we needed to, but we did it on our own. It was really so liberating and powerful. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. I might be emailing you later to hear a little bit more details on that because oh, um, that's very Everything you need, absolutely. And by the way, I found all of this came in a dark room again this past March. <laughs> there you go, back to the dark room. Perfect. And your website and social media, you let everyone know that too. Yeah, so it's uh, Noah Aon, N-O-A-A-O-N.com. Uh, and we have uh, digital uh, courses, on-demand library, physical uh, experiences or so retreats, workshops, immersive stuff, as well as uh, conscious products for the greatest good of the whole. We'll also give a free on-demand access. So anybody that listens today will send you a link so that way they can test out what we talked about, but actually do it from their comfort of their home to, to face all of these things. And the social media is Noah Aon Official, N-O-A-A-O-N Official on across the platforms. Great, great. Yeah, there were so many other things that we didn't even touch on. He guides breathwork and he's a well-known biohacker. We have one of your devices down in Luke's office. I forget what it's called. So yeah, there's a lot to explore on his website is my point. And we will be sure to include all of that in the show notes. And so I'm so happy to have finally met you. Congrats again on growing your family and birthing your, did you have a boy or a girl? Uh, girl. And uh, her name is Aww. Pixie. <laughs> Pixie. Oh, goodness. Well, blessings to dear Pixie and your beloved. And thank you for sharing a little bit of that birthing story with us. And thank you for all your generous time today. And I mean, everything you shared was really valuable. But those tools, especially at the end, just personally, the things I'm navigating, I'm really grateful to have received it. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was an honor. 
All right, Soul Fam, thanks for sitting with us, and we will sit together again next time. Woo-wee, what a powerful voyage that was. It is always so fun and such an honor to share space with these beautiful beings willing to generously share their time, wisdom, and energy so we can have the opportunity to enrich our own lives. And we will always share each epic guest's links and contact info in the show notes that are on my website, alisoncharles.com, and also in my weekly Ceremony Circle podcast Instagram posts at I am Allison Charles. So it makes it easy for you to connect more deeply with them. And fam, you know by now all the heart I put into creating this show, and I would love to be able to continue providing this free content for a long, long time to come. And what would be most supportive in me being able to do that is if you have ever felt you've gained anything positive at all from listening to a Ceremony Circle podcast episode, if it's brightened your day, if it's given you clarity or insights you've been waiting for, if you felt a healing shift during one of the closing ceremony practices, anything at all. If you can just stay on whatever platform you're now listening to this show and simply go to the rating and review section and share even one reason why you're grateful for Ceremony Circle Podcast. Sacred reciprocity is a big deal and I deeply appreciate you giving back to me so I can keep creating and providing. Sending you so much love. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.